Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Let the Right Film In. So on today's episode, I do not have a foreign horror film review for you guys, but I figured I would jump on here because I recently caught up on, I would say, probably the three um, big horror films from the start of 2023, the films that came out in January. So I kind of just wanted to give like my quick review on three horror films, like I said, that came out in January. So um, this will probably be mostly spoiler free, uh, maybe except for the last film, I might talk a little bit of spoilers, but um, yeah, so <laughs> that's pretty much today's episode, pretty quick and easy. Hopefully, like I said, I'll get back soon to watching some foreign language horror films, uh, but really don't have any plans right now for that, but hopefully in the near future. And if not, I'll just continue just talking about just the recent um, horror films that just been coming out, so let's just get right into it. So the first film I watched in early January, and I'll be honest, it's probably my least favorite out of the three, and that is Sick. <laughs> so Sick uh, premiered slash just um, released on Peacock in early January. I don't believe it had a theatrical run. Um, no, I don't believe so, but I think it's pretty much just a Peacock, like original Peacock exclusive, at least here in the States. I'm not sure where it's playing at in other countries but this film i would say is highly known because the writer from scream kevin williamson is the writer for this film along with um caitlin crab i think is how you say her last name and this film is directed by john himes and yeah so this is kind of if you've heard about this film pretty much what everyone's talking about is this is like the pandemic horror film <laughs> slasher film at least and Again, I really didn't know anything about this film until it pretty much just showed up. So I was pretty much out of the loop. Um, I know others, I'm sure, heard about this film coming out. I don't think it was like a complete, um, I don't think it was like bl blindsided anybody by any means. But for me, at least, I had no clue about this film coming out. And then, yeah, like I said, it pretty much just came out and a lot of people were raving about this film, to be honest. So, And again, I love Scream probably one of my favorite horror franchise so I figured why not obviously I had to check out this film so I even got my wife to watch it and it's a short film it's only around 80 ish minutes but I will say it kind of feels long <laughs> in a weird way I don't know why it's a quick watch but I don't know this film I ended up giving a three out of five on Letterboxd pretty good film I'm just not in the um, category or with the group of people that are really raving about this film saying you know it's like um, pretty much a slasher classic and return to slasher films and yeah a lot of people are like I said are really kind of I don't want to say raving but yeah I'll say raving a lot of people were raving about this film so I probably went in with maybe higher expectations than what um, you know the results I guess and what I you know ended up feeling about the film but Overall, I think it's a decent film, like I said. So uh, just quick plot synopsis. It's about two um, college-age uh, friends who basically, like I said, this takes place right in the smack of uh, COVID. I would say the beginning of COVID. I think it's like in April of 2020 is when this all starts. So once everything's like locking down and they're telling everyone to isolate and basically get away, and stay home so basically lockdown the beginning of lockdown is when this film takes place and it's just about these two like i said college age girls that go to the one the main character her dad has like a cabin 
or like a lake house and he's obviously got money they got money it's a very nice lake house kind of out in the middle of nowhere on a lake and then yeah someone terrorizes them basically <laughs> so the main um pro the main what i would say i loved about this film even though i wouldn't say i loved really anything about it but i really did enjoy the opening kill for this film any if you like i said you know the writer from scream there's always going to be an opening kill uh for the most part no one's really going to get away but there's at least an opening uh set piece that kind of sets the tone for the movie introduces the killer and i thought this film had a really good uh start to it so it kind of feels a lot like scream but it takes place with someone going to a supermarket store a young college age guy and then starts receiving like text messages from the killer and kind of goes from there but i thought that was a pretty good um suspenseful uh like i said first act or not even first act first opening scene and i really did i did enjoy it i thought and i thought that set the tone for pretty much a really i thought it was gonna be a pretty good slasher film and then it kind of just went its own route and like i said i don't know i thought the movie was okay has a good chase scene has some decent kills but there's really not a lot of characters in the movie but you know i think a lot of people you know either they like it or they don't but a lot of people that don't like this film will say you know it's because of the COVID aspect and originally because i heard about this being a COVID film and I think I'm all I'm all okay for films taking place during COVID time. That doesn't bother me so much. But what I didn't really enjoy, and I guess I just wasn't on board for, was kind of the final twist and the reason, the motive behind the killer ended up having to deal with COVID. And to me, when that kind of um, when everything got explained and like the reveal of what was going on i somewhat had kind of like an eye roll to it <laughs> just because i don't know just maybe i'm not ready for it yet i don't know i'm not necessarily like against a film being about covid and all that like i said i don't mind a film taking place in covid and i think like the initial setup and the reason for these uh two friends being away being alone you know for covid isolating is a good reason and a good setup for someone to stalk them and try to kill them. But like I said, kind of like the twist and turns and everything, I just really wasn't on board for 100%. And it's basically just a personal reason, no, or just personal feelings, and that's kind of it to be on. So I don't want to get too much into it. I don't want to spoil it if you haven't seen it. But I'm kind of in the minority, so don't always go by me. <laughs> it's just like I said, I liked the initial setup. I liked the first opening kill. And like I said, there was pretty decent like chase scenes throughout the film. Um, also, what I didn't, I really wasn't on board for is our main character. Uh, I forget her name even in the movie. It's, what is it? It's Parker. And played by Gideon Alden who I don't, I don't really know who, what she's been in. But her and her friend uh, Miri them two i don't know they just they weren't very likable characters one is way more um i want to say like being um cautious with covid so you see a lot of stuff where i guess you know you kind of laugh at where you see you know the one friend is taking the groceries and uh spraying and wiping the bags and everything down so it takes you back to like i said the early days of covid and if you're there you know if you're at the point where you can kind of laugh at it and be like oh okay <laughs> or if you're not like i said whether you gel with this film or not 
is if you can kind of, you know, look back, you know, the past two years, three years now almost, and kind of laugh at those situations, even though, like I said, it's really not funny, <laughs> but I guess we can laugh. If, but if you're that type, if you got, you know, I guess that sense of humor where you can kind of look back and laugh at those situations and what was going on, you might enjoy this film because a lot of that stuff does, you know, I don't want to say trigger, but that one right there. And then just like being in the store and someone coughing and everyone like turning and looking. Yeah. That takes you back to those beginning days of COVID. And again, if you're there for that, if you're cool with it, you might enjoy this one a little bit more. And that stuff, I guess I didn't bother me as much, but it was more just, I guess like the final reveal, which is what kind of got me to being like, eh, it's okay. And like I said, the main character and her friend, and it's really just three characters because it's, Parker and her boyfriend and then her best friend that are at this lake house and they're I don't know they're just really not likable characters to be honest there's some backstory to them and their relationship and all that but um our main character Parker she's not so much she's not um like anti-covid or anti-masks or anything like that so that doesn't get annoying but she's just very she's just a college-age student where she's just irresponsible and doesn't really seem to care about what's going on so that could be a little bit annoying and like I said she's just not really a likable character by any means and even her friend even though her friend is much more cautious and taking everything very seriously I guess you could maybe if you were in her shoes or kind of felt that way you might maybe relate to her a little bit more but even then her I didn't even find that enjoyable as well so both of them, yeah, just didn't really work for me. Like I said, I kind of gave it a three out of, I did give it a three out of five on Letterboxd. Um, so that's, I mean, I recommend the film. And like I said, if you got Peacock, if you're here in the States, do check it out. And like I said, it's only 80, around 80 minutes. So it's not very long. So you're in and out. But like I did mention early on, I feel like a lot, like I feel like at some points it starts to drag a little bit. They stretch the film out a little bit, uh, probably more longer than it should have been. But they're trying to just probably get to that 80-minute mark to make it, you know, a feature-length film. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of it. That's really all my thoughts on the film. So, yeah, you know, of course, like always, check it out. Have your own opinion. But And, again, the kills are pretty decent in there. So it's not – if you're just there for, like, a good slasher film, you know, it's not – you'll get what you want in that aspect. But, like I said, it's kind of just, like, the motives and everything, which was – just a little bit eye-rolling to me, so, but I'll leave it there. So, again, three out of five, that's sick, which, again, I said is on Peacock. So, the second film I wanted to talk about, this is probably the biggest hit, I would say, <laughs> so far in 2023, and that's Megan. Yeah, a lot of people <laughs> have been raving about Megan. I finally got to check it out. I didn't watch it in theaters. I didn't get a chance to see it in theaters, so... It's currently here in the States. It's on VOD, so you can buy or rent the film. And I actually just looked, and it is still playing in theater, so you can watch it at a theater, which is cool. But this movie made a pretty good amount of money. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure the budget or anything like that, but I think, you know, it's a Blumhouse film, so it's made pretty cheap, but it's made a pretty good amount of money as well. And this is, like I said, pretty much this has been a pretty big hit and even when that trailer first came out i don't know in either november or december i didn't notice i knew it was a big hit the trailer but there's um i guess it went viral like on tiktok and you know a lot of like teenagers and like the young demographic um they really was like all over this film and the marketing has been pretty intense when you know if you look back or if you were, like I said, watching really anything, you saw a lot of people, you know, dressed up as Megan, 
doing the dance. I think they were even doing it at sporting events and at the or football games or at some award show. They had like a group of uh, Megan people dressed as Megan dancing. But again, yeah. So it's interesting looking back at this film because I believe the film was written and shot as a rated R film, but because the trailer like i said just went viral and exploded with young you know teens i think from what i've read and from what i've gathered that they kind of went back and then re-edited reshot some stuff to make this film pg-13 so that younger people can watch it which i can understand and is a smart move on their part to be honest if they saw that you know young people were interested and really want to see this film why not do that so I can totally get that and it's probably you know that is a lot of people's um negative with this film is that you know it's pg-13 there's not a lot of blood and gore and it doesn't really go you know I guess hard <laughs> for like a rated r that didn't bother me as much my biggest complaint with this film is that I did watch this trailer and basically this trailer just I would say kind of ruins everything <laughs> and even, you know, Megan, the concept, the doll, her, the big thing that, like I said, went viral was the dancing scene. And in the movie, not to ruin it, not to spoil it, but if you go into the movie and you want to see, like, more of that, more bonkers and more kind of camp and silliness, that whole scene is in the trailer, and that's basically it. <laughs> so they spoiled that there. And then just the one main kill you see in the trailer with the young kid that's pretty much like the big kill of the movie and they show pretty much everything except for a little bit but they show pretty much that entire scene in the trailer so like I wasn't I don't know surprised by anything in the movie so I wasn't yeah I ended up giving this a three out of five or sorry a 3.5 out of five I think this is a pretty solid pg-13 horror thriller and I've seen other people mention that this is like a good um intro for like young teens and even like young like um younger girls possibly to watching you know, a horror and get into horror and that i can get on board with and agree with is that you know this is like a good uh gateway a good intro to horror films because it's not really scary and it's not too bloody and violent but there is some creepy aspects to it and it is just a lot of fun it's a good you know sit back relax enjoy type of film I don't necessarily see myself probably watching it again unless, you know, my wife or a friend or a family member wanted to watch it. I wouldn't mind watching it again, to be honest. But I think for myself, I probably ain't going to sit down and turn on Megan. <laughs> but, but and also, so another part that's good about the film is that when they, they already announced they're going to make a second film. But when this, when the second film does come out, I'll definitely watch it. So, again, that doesn't, you know, that shows that the film did work on me in some aspect. <laughs> I don't think I mentioned yet, but this film, the story is by James Wan, who we all know. And then the film, the screenplay was written by Akila Cooper, who I believe wrote Malignant from a few years ago. And I think a lot of people were expecting to that Malignant vibe of kind of just like crazy bonkerness and camp. And again, this movie kind of just kind of plays in the middle of it's a little bit campy, but not too campy. It's got some... Uh, kills but it doesn't really go that hard and that extreme with them and yeah it kind of just plays that middle ground where it's kind of like you want a little bit of more you want more bite 
on each end you kind of want a little more silliness like i said you kind of want more megan dancing i did enjoy a lot of her dialogue and she sings throughout the film a lot and it is pretty silly and you can't help but laugh in like those moments during those moments and in those scenes so again like i said it's kind of like a mixed bag mixed bag for me i did enjoy the film um i think it's only like an hour and 40 minutes so again it it doesn't um drag or anything uh, some of the character dialogue too, like some of the side characters. Again, you don't know exactly if they're trying to be campy or not with some of the dialogue and the acting. But I would say like Megan, like Megan's a little campy, but also serious. But um, Allison Williams and her niece that's in the film, they play pretty straight. And I think they give a pretty good performance as well. But the film actually starts off, I don't want to say slow, but you kind of don't get into like the horror aspects until late. I don't know, in the middle of the film towards like the third act is when it kind of starts to ramp up and it feels like it just kind of ends abruptly. You know, Megan starts to go kind of on her killing rampage and starting to like kind of let loose and go wild. And then it kind of just ends. So that's pretty interesting. But overall, like I said, 3.5 out of five, I enjoyed the film for what it was. I'm not as high up as everyone else who are saying, you know, this is like the best horror film already of the, you know, this is going to be the best horror film of the year or, just really raving about the film i just again like i enjoyed it i had a good time i would check it out again if it came out or if someone wanted to watch it with me or something like that but i'm not going to probably seek out like a second viewing by any means trying to think if i have anything else to say about megan like i said i think the trailer if you for some reason have not checked out the film um do not watch the trailer because i think it gives away kind of all the best parts of the movie and that's just a huge bummer because there's really just like no surprise there's no surprises in the film i kind of just saw you know everything that happened throughout the film that was funny or somewhat terrifying you saw in the trailer so i was kind of just like a little bit let down with that but again pretty fun and i think it'll be interesting because i think they've already mentioned there's probably going to be like a director's cut or an unrated part so i don't know when the movie comes out like on blu-ray and 4k if there will be you know some more gore some more blood or i don't know we'll see so it'll be interesting you know in the months the weeks and months to come you know with megan if there's like another cut of the film if there's a little more to it it'll be cool to see but i'm definitely here to watch you know like i said the sequel and i'm sure they'll make a second maybe even a third one i don't know where they'll go from there you know from the end of the first one you know what will happen exactly with a second film but i'll be curious to see what happens so again that's megan you if you're here in the states like i said you can rent or buy it on vod and it's also playing in theater so again yeah just check it out but i think it's a lot of fun so <laughs> yeah all right so the last film i want to talk about <laughs> and i will say this is my favorite film of the three that i've watched so far into 2023 and saying it's my favorite is I don't even know if it's my favorite, to be honest. I got, I sounded excited for a second. This movie, I have like complicated feelings with that, with this film. And that is Skinamarink. <laughs> Skinamarink. It's weird saying that. This film is directed and written by Kyle Edward Ball. And this film, ah, man, this film is so interesting. I feel like I could talk about it forever, to be honest. But uh, if you haven't heard of Skinamarink, I don't even, this isn't even like a found footage film. It kind of gives like off the found footage vibes, but it's really not in that way. No one's holding a camera and videotaping anything. 
But if you've heard anything about this film, you have heard that this is kind of like an experimental film. That's the best thing to know going into this film. This is not a traditional horror film. It's very much a experiment, an artistic horror experiment, I guess you could say. And so the plot synopsis for this movie is two kids, two young kids, wake up one day. It's in, I think it's set in 1995. Their dad is missing and all the doors and windows in their house vanish and disappear. And that's basically the setup. And that's kind of all you need to know. And there's really, like I said, not a lot to spoil in this film, but I kind of want to talk about it just for fun. And because, like I said, this film kind of had somewhat of a lasting um, impact on me. Like I've been thinking about this film since I've watched it. So a little backstory on the film is that I think it premiered and was playing last year in 2022 at some film festivals one of the film festivals was like an online film festival and somehow the film leaked which is unfortunate but i think it really helped this film because because it's so weird and abstract and like i said kind of experimental found footage type film i think it helped the film because when the film leaked a ton of people watched it and it became kind of like this taboo like i don't know somewhat rite of passage or people who were watching it were kind of bragging about watching the film which I don't agree with but it got word of mouth and people talking about it to where I believe um IFC Midnight or IFC Films bought the movie and then actually this film was in theaters for a little while for like a week or so which is crazy this film the budget on this film is only fifteen thousand dollars and it made a little bit over a million dollars so that's awesome and then Shudder picked it up. So now this film is currently streaming on Shudder. And yeah, like I've said, skin a marink. <laughs> Where to even begin with this film? So yeah, that's a little bit of the backstory with this film. Um, the director and writer, like I said, Kyle um, Edward Ball, he filmed this uh, movie. He wrote and filmed this movie back at like his childhood home in Canada. And like I said, it takes place in 1995. And what I would... Um, tell most people if you're going to check out this film you have to be in the right headspace because for one you're not going to you're not going to see any of the characters all the shots in this movie is like weird angles where you're like looking in the corner like of the like at the ceiling and just like listening to what's going on or you're just like looking like at the floor you never see the character's face I don't think so. You might see one shot of their face or like the side of their face, but these two kids and their parents, you just see like their feet. I don't know, just like some obscure side <laughs> shot of them, but it goes on for an hour and 40 minutes, which is crazy long for this film, but it didn't bother me too much because like I said, you kind of have to, you have to know that going in, that this is a weird artistic experiment. You're not, it's not a traditional first, second, third act there's not a ton of dialogue. It's a lot of just like playing around with camera movements and angles and sounds. And if you kind of, if you go into that, so go into that, go into this movie knowing that, and then also watch it at night with all the lights off. So I, I had the perfect setup when I watched this film the other night, my wife went to bed. I stayed up. I went into our basement to like where our movie room is. I had all the lights off in our house and I just had the TV on and then, so it was pitch black because this movie is extremely dark to where you can barely see anything that's going on sometimes. 
So you have to pay attention. Put your phone away. Turn the volume up. Even I heard some people say watch it or listen to this film with like headphones on so you could really like hear what's going on. But that helped me. So yeah, like I said, I went in knowing what was going to happen. I knew I went in knowing this is a weird film. There's no like really story to it. It's a lot of, you know, just angles and shots. But I also heard that this was like the scariest film of the year. So I went in with kind of high expectations. And like I said, a lot of people going back, a lot of people who pirated this film started saying that it was the scariest film they've ever seen, you know, and word started spreading on social media. And again, like I said, I think that kind of helped the film to get like a theatrical release. And then word of mouth, you know, started really ramping up and some more people want to check it out, including me. But I waited, I watched it on Shudder. But again, this film, so yeah, watch it in the dark, volume up, put your phone away and pay attention. <laughs> and I even watched this film. I don't know if I would suggest this, but it kind of helped me. I watched this film kind of tired. It was a long, you know, like I guess I watched it late at night. I was a little bit tired, but I feel like it helped put me in this like hypnotic trance <laughs> with this film because normally I would have wrote this film off. It's an hour and 40 minutes. Not, not a ton happens. It's a lot of long shots that just go on and on and on. And normally, like I said, I would just be like this, get out of here. And a lot of people are saying that you're either, you're either vibing with this movie or you're not. And for some reason, like I said, it just worked for me because I was kind of tired and I just totally like hooked on, I got hooked on the movie and just like fell into this trance to where, because there's a lot of like the sounds and dialogue in the movie, especially the sounds. And like I said, I was watching it at night, pitch black, quiet. And I had my cat was sitting with me and a lot of the sounds, I didn't know if it was from the movie or from my actual house, what was going on. And it started to kind of freak me out. Cause I was like, wait, is this the movie or is this actually like some noise? Cause you know how a house makes noise at night when of course, you know, no, um, TV, nothing is on. You're not making any noise in the middle of the night. You're hearing all these noises. So it gives you that vibe, that feeling of just like dread. It's so tense and just like kind of scary in that way. And then the movie, these two kids, like I said, they start hearing this voice. And even that right there is so chilling. And that just got to me, like the voice, whoever was talking to them, which is up to, you know, your interpretation and what you, you there's different ways you can look at this movie. I have my reasoning and I don't, I don't I guess I don't really want to get into it. I just want more people to check it out. But yeah, there's like a voice, someone talking to these characters, these young kids, and it's so creepy and chilling <laughs> at times to where, like I said, the movie really kind of got under my skin at di different, there's one scene, there's a bedroom scene where the little girl goes up into her parents' room and the voice, or I think it's, yes, her dad like shows up, even though, like I said, he was missing and tells her to look under the bed, but it's so chilling the way they talk in this film and then like I said then there's this other voice this like entity that has taken over this house telling them what to do or different stuff and it's so creepy and chilling it got to me <laughs> to where like I said the next couple of nights I actually was having nightmares which I don't normally have nightmares but because this film just like I said got into like my conscious like my subconscious and I was thinking about it and I wasn't having nightmares of what you know happened in this film but it was just like giving me these creepy vibes that I was having nightmares 
<laughs> a couple of nights after watching this film. I'm okay now, but I was like, man, this movie really got to me, you know, and I like that. So is it a movie I necessarily am going to watch again? No, because like I said, it's an hour and 40 minutes. You have to be in the right headspace. It's very long and drawn out. But it's a great experience. So if you're on, if you're not sure if you want to watch it, but if you're if you're a horror fan, if you like found footage, even though this isn't a found footage film, but it gives you those feelings, gives those gives off those vibes, I would say definitely check out this film and kind of make up your own opinion watching it. But again, you have to be in the right headspace and you have to know going in that you're not gonna. It's shot just seeing like angles different angles of the house the ceiling the floor you're not really going to see the characters but you got to listen and pay attention and then kind of go from there so i do want to guess talk a little bit of spoilers just kind of what my thought is on the film and so we'll let's just get into it i don't want to go through beat by beat but i just want to say going at the end of this you know film what i when the film kind of says 572 days or something like that with the kid I was like, okay, they're definitely like in hell or something at this point. This is like the devil talking to them. And that just really freaked me out. Something, I don't know what happened to these kids, how they died, what happened. But the the fact that they're trapped in this house with no windows, no doors, and this feeling of just like being stuck, and then this voice talking to them, and then telling them kind of what to do, and then he punishes the older sister because he tells the younger kid, you know, your sister was crying for her mom and dad, so I took her mouth and eyes away. It's so chilling and creepy. And then he tells the young kid at one point, you know, when he's playing, you know, playing with a knife, he tells him just like very calmly, you know, stab it, poke it into your eye. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is just so weird and creepy. And then, like I said, I think the end, really, I think when it says that they've been like in this loop, this endless loop of just day and night, and it says around like 500 days or so. And then I was like, they're definitely this, these kids are like in hell basically, or in like purgatory and just stuck there. And this is like, I said, the demon, this is like the devil talking to them. And that just really creeped me out, especially that they're kids too. And not knowing what's going on. Ooh, really, like I said, kind of just gave me chills thinking about it. And like I said, there's other readings you can interpret with this film, but I think the director did such a good job of just, and, you know, given this, you know, creating this atmosphere of like endless dread and just being stuck again, like in this house, I liked how, you know, I grew up in the nineties and a lot of the shots, you know, they're like in the hallway and how for some, for some reason I remember growing up, you know, my parents watching TV when I was in bed, you know, the house was, you know, every, all the lights were turned off except for them, like watching the TV. And for some reason, I'm sure that still go, this still goes on today. I don't know if it's like the certain type of TVs, but you know, there's a lot of shots of the hallway and then you can see like the blue light from the TV, like in the other room, kind of like illuminating like the hallway a little bit. And for some reason it took me back to being a kid and kind of like poking my head out of my room into the hallway and seeing like that blue light from the TV and knowing like my parents are in there watching TV and stuff like that. I don't know. So for some reason that worked for me, it kind of just took me back to being a kid. It really did feel kind of like the nineties, the way the, just everything is set up the house and just like the atmosphere. And yeah, I don't know. I really, like I said, I gave this four out of five on letterbox. It's a film that is just, yeah, it's stuck with me and I've been thinking about it and I'm pretty confident at the end of the year, it'll probably make my top 10. And again, it's not a film that I necessarily like love, but I just respect it so much. And the, 
and I respect it for what it had, like the effect it had on me. So that's Skinamarink. That's enough. <laughs> but yeah, check it out. It's on Shudder. And yeah, I'm curious to see what this director does next. My only complaint, again, is that it's an hour and 40 minutes. Even though I said that I was okay with it, it is way too long, though. This film could have been cut down to an hour. But I see both sides of it because it's so long and it puts you in that like hypnotic trance that it kind of worked for me. But I could also see this being cut down and also still working. I just want to throw a shout out or not even a shout out, but just like comment that I remember when Host came out in like 2020 or 2021. And that was like the first pandemic movie or dealing with the pandemic. And that movie was only like 50-ish minutes long. And I remember everyone saying when that film came out, this changes everything. Now movies can be an hour long and we're going to see more of that. But I almost feel like because that movie came out in the heart of the pandemic that everyone kind of wrote it off as, oh yeah, it's short because, you know, it's just a pandemic movie. We were in that weird, I don't know, mindset and weird bubble during that time where no one has been making movies around an hour. I thought, you know, like I said, when that movie came out, Host, which is on Shudder, uh, everyone was saying that now movies are going to be an hour long. This changes everything. But I feel like no one has done that. And I feel like Skin of Rink could have done that. This could have been like an hour long film and maybe even been more effective. I'm not sure. But it's just curious that that film came out a couple years ago and everyone was saying it, you know, was a game changer and being, you know, only 50, around 50 minutes long and, nothing really has come of that <laughs> i just wanted to make a comment on that but i'll leave it there so yep that's the three films i've watched currently um again sick uh megan and skinnamarink and yeah i'm looking forward to some new horror films i want to check out missing i want to check out the outwaters i think which is supposed to be a found footage film and yeah there's you know of course screams coming out next month so there's a lot of horror films coming out hopefully like i said i can check out uh a foreign language horror film soon and then kind of do a quick review or something on the podcast since technically that's what I do here but for now yeah if I just continue watching just new releases I'll probably do this again uh, soon kind of just like an update or just my reviews on the current horror film so yep I'm gonna leave it there and thank you as always for the listen if you want to follow me and see what I'm up to and what I'm watching uh, follow me on letterbox at kj steiner that's all one word and yeah, I should be back very soon with another podcast. So I hope everyone's having a good week, a good start to the year, and I will check you guys out very soon. Bye-bye.